seated. I want you to stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to be reading in multiple places tonight. I'm going to have you stand for this portion. i have you sit for the rest. I'm going to read a lot. Pastor Ronnie's been rubbing off on me. I'm going to read a lot, Pastor, if that's all right. All right, I'm going to read in two different places in this same chapter. We're going to begin in verse 18. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 18 says, And when the child was grown, this is the Shunammite woman. This is her son that was prophesied by Elisha that she would have. said, When the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father's to the, to his father to the reapers and he said unto his father my head my head turn to your neighbor say my head and he said to a lad carry him to his mother and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother he sat on his knees till noon and then died and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him, and went out. Later in this chapter, verse 32, And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead, and he laid upon, and he laid upon his bed. And he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up, and laid upon the child, and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. And then he returned, and walked into the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi, and said, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in, in unto him, and said, take up thy son. Let us pray. God, we thank you and we praise you for your word tonight. We thank you for the spirit of worship in this house. We ask that your word go forth in anointing and power. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to try to read quickly. 1 Kings 17 and verse 17, and it came to pass after these things. This is in the middle of the drought. Elijah is with uh, the woman and her son that, that she cooked for him, her last meal, and God has provided for them. But it said, it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was sore that there was no breath left in him. Turn to your neighbor and say, breath. And she said unto him, Elijah, what, I, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom, and he carried him up to the loft where he abode, and he laid upon him or he laid him upon his own bed, and he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I have sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times, and he cried unto the Lord, and he said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah 
and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples were come together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man by the name of Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep or being overcome by sleep. Turn to your neighbor and say, sleep. As Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and he fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down, catch this, and fell on him. And embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for there is life in him. Verse 11, And when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even until the break of day, he so departed. And they brought the young man alive and were, and were not a little comforted. A lot of reading tonight. But we see similarities in these stories. We also see differences in these stories. But before I get into the text tonight, there's a thought I want to give to you. And the title of my message tonight is just say no. Say no. In the early 1980s, former First Lady Nancy Reagan started the Just Say No campaign. I wasn't even alive then. And it's an anti-drug marketing campaign focused towards children and teens and it was used in hopes of discouraging young people to just say no to drugs. But drugs was the beginning of something that vexed our nation and there's still an adversary out there desiring to destroy a generation. Understanding Jesus' ministry, do you you see reading the Scriptures and the Gospels and Jesus' ministry... Most oftentimes when someone would come up to him demon-possessed, it was a child. The devil's been looking for a generation since the beginning of time, and he has not stopped since. The church says, Amen. Here's the deal. We all know what John 10.10 says, that the thief cometh not to to steal, to kill, and destroy. We also know that Peter writes this in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He said, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Understand in these three stories, we have three young men that die. But all three young men suffered side effects before their death. One, we see that the first young man that we read about, the Shunammite son, he said, my head my head. The second said that his breath left him. And the third was overcome with sleep. We see that we have these physical symptoms, but they diagnose a spiritual problem. There is a generation in our world today that is still saying, my head, my head. Under, I, said this, uh, I said this during the youth conference. You live in the most mentally sick generation in human history. These young people, generation 
uh, Z and, and millennials. They, they, they are the most mentally sick generation recorded in human history. There is still young people out there saying, my head, my head, tormented in their mind. Depression, rampant. Anxiety, rampant. All these other, these, these other dysfunctions in the mind. We've got boys thinking they're girls and girls thinking they're boys. We can talk about these things and, and go on about these things. But we also have a generation uh, that has no spiritual breath. Understand, uh, if you have no breath, uh, you don't have the Spirit of God moving in your life. We have a generation that has no desire for the things of God. What, what simply started the thoughts of this message is I wrote down in, in my notebook, it says it like this, a generation that seems to be unreachable, that seems like we can't get through to them. I said, what do we do? How do we break through? We see a generation that, that understandably so. We know people in the world uh, struggle with their mind. We know people in the church struggle with their mind. Uh, there's people in the church and out of the church uh, that has no spiritual life. Uh, but understand there is also a generation of young people that's in the church uh, just like Eutychus and falling asleep. The Bible literally translates that he was overcome by sleep. It was almost like he was held captive by it. All three side effects cost these young men their lives. Cost them their lives. Understand with me tonight that, that we have three stories with three tragic, tragic events happening in them. But we also have three stories of resurrection. We also have three stories of these men of God operating in faith. Uh, hear me tonight. Can I, can I just tell you something? Uh, in, in, in this generation uh, that seems so difficult to reach it, and it seems so hard to, to get through to them. And, and I understand we live in a time that's unprecedented. I, I really can't tell you how different uh, the school system is. I, I can't tell you. It's very different. That's all I know. They're going through stuff I didn't go through that you didn't go through. Parents, you, you, you have to come to terms with when you send your kids to school, I'm just going to be real with you, you are sending them into the worst spiritual warfare you can imagine. Okay? We in agreement. You say, oh, well, what are you saying? I shouldn't send my kid to public school. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. That's not my choice to make for you. But what I'm trying to say is uh, these three young men died but were revived. Why? Because in every story, uh, there was a man of God. These stories could have ended very tragically, but because there was a man of God present, they turned out into miraculous miracles. Hear what I'm saying. There were three men in these stories that said yes to God, but said no to what the enemy was doing in this generation. Can I, can I just tell you this? Nancy Reagan said, just say no to drugs. But here's what I want us to say. No, no say. No, you can't have their breath. You can't have their mind. You can't have their body. You can't have them. Where are the people of God that will stand up and say, no, 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 no. 
understand these three men come into this story. They come in almost as heroes, if you will. You can call them that. But they all three did the same thing. And this is what the people of God need to learn to do. In the physical, this is what they did. I'm going to relate it to a spiritual aspect. All three men threw themselves onto the child. Hear me. You want to to know how to get your children out of a mess, your grandchildren out of a mess, your family out of a mess? Cover them. Cover them. Fathers, hear me. Cover them. I'm not talking just be in a ball game. Those things are important. But I'm saying be in their room when they're praying at night. Be involved. Give them a scripture. Challenge them in the things of of, of the word of God. These men of God grabbed these young men and they threw themselves onto them. And they said, no, no. Death has come for this generation. The enemy's hunting for this generation. There's kids in this house that you have no idea what they go through in their room alone at night. You don't know what the enemy's trying to do, but where are the people of God that will cover them and say, no, no, understand, these men covered them, but Elisha began to pray. Elijah began to pray. The Bible says Paul picked the young man up after he fell on him. He picked him up and he embraced him. Bradley, I can almost hear him say, God, we're saying no. This young man will live. He will not die. He will not perish. Can I say that over your children tonight? The enemy has come in like a flood, but the Holy Spirit's still lifting up a standard. What the Holy Spirit is saying is no. No. Understand, I, I, I get you. Uh, my, my wife tells me I'm a, I'm a yes man. I say yes a lot. I say yes to things. And I, I, you know, it can get me in trouble. She said, you need to learn to say no. But I'll tell you spiritually, parents, we need to learn to say no. We need to learn to say no. You can't hang out with them. No. You can't listen to that. No. You, you say, oh, well, well I, I just want them to like me. I don't want them to run away. No, your job is not for them to like you. Your job is to cover them. His job is to cover them. Where would these three young men be if it wasn't for three men of faith that just said, no, not today. No. Here, as we get in, these three young men had, had encounters with these, these men of God. Every one of them, these men of God just began to cry out, And Paul, Paul specifically says, there's still life in him. There's still life in him. Understand, I know what the doctors say about this generation. I know what statistics say about this generation. I know what even some churches say. Listen, I've been in some churches that'll tell you, we we don't want young people. We don't want their garbage. We don't want what they're dealing with. I've seen young people come into churches before and they make fun of them for what they're wearing and this and that. And it just infuriates me because I'm saying, are you willing to give up a generation just so you can sit in? in your padded pew uh, and say, oh, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, Understand, uh, I thank God for heaven. Uh, I thank God that he purchased me. He bought me with a price. Uh, But understand, if I cannot take my family with me, I have failed. I failed. 
You know what I pray with my daughters every night? I said, God, I pray that they grow in, in physical stature, that they're strong, that they're healthy. But God, I pray that they would be spiritually healthy, that they would be spiritually strong, that they love your church, that they'll love your word, that they'll love being alone with you, that they'll love spending time with you. Understand, I, me and Sarah under, understand, we have an understanding where, where we know that our daughters, I believe this wholeheartedly, will be in the ministry some way or some facet. I want them to be in the ministry. If God has to call my Ava to China to be a missionary, I've got to be okay with that. If God calls little Addie to Taiwan, I've got to be okay with that. Because here's the deal. I'm not raising them to keep them in a little bubble right down the road and never do nothing for God. I'm raising them to be strong men and women of God, to be strong ladies of God. Why am I doing that? I'm not worried about their souls as long as I keep them covered. Elijah falls on him. Elisha falls on him. Paul falls on him. These young people got to know you've got them. You know, I think some of these young people have wondered why we've been asking them to sit up front lately. I want them to be as close as they can. I'm not saying that the glory can't move back there. God's not limited to time or space. But I don't want them to be distracted by anything else. I want them to be as close as they can. Because understand, I can't do it for them. But if I can put them in the right atmosphere. Why why is worship so important? Sometimes we come in and move me. Move me. Move me. I've had a bad day. Move me. You understand that you are hindering what God wants to do. Listen, I'm I'm just pastoring you. I'm just loving you because uh, I have a generation here uh, that needs to be free to worship, that needs free to pray. And and, and what happens is, uh, is we've got to create an atmosphere uh, because God's spirit lives within us. Uh, So if God's spirit lives within us, uh, where his spirit is, there is liberty. So therefore, wherever I am, I should be free. Right? So it doesn't matter if they're playing my favorite song or not. If it sounds good or not. I'm just going to worship. Why? Because I'm trying to cover my children. I'm trying to cover a generation. I'm trying to breathe life into them. Because there's some of them saying my head, my head. There's some of them saying I'm short of breath. I feel like I can't make it. And there's some of them saying I'm just getting far away. I'm getting distant. And they're growing cold. And they're growing slothful. And they're growing sleepy in the Lord. But if we can create an atmosphere in this house. An atmosphere that says we've got you covered. We're praying for you. We're worshiping for you. We're going to the altars for you. I'm sick and tired of seeing young people lead their parents. Parents, get up and lead your young people. And come to the music. Not saying that harsh. Not saying that mean. But do you understand that David... David stood up and faced a giant that had been staring at a group of adults for 40 days and no one moved. But the kid stood up and said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Parents, listen, I, I tell these young people, no one else leads, you lead. 
all about that. I thank God for young leaders. We've got a, a whole bunch of young leaders around here. Thank God for that. But where's the elder, the saint that'll say, no, I got this one. I've preached on this before, but it's so powerful. We need some Caleb's, man. Caleb spied out the land. He saw that it was good, Brandy. He's like, that's, that's us. That's me. That's my family. Let's go. Everybody else is like, man, we're good. There's giants in the land. I, I'm probably going to butcher this name, Pastor, but it's sons of Anak, right? Something like that. Don't speak Hebrew. The giants are in the land. We're good where we're at. So God kept Joshua. God kept Caleb. They got to see the promise. Other, people's didn't, other people didn't. But they get so far into the land. And then Caleb says, you know, we, we've heard it preached on, give me my mountain. He said, I want my mountain. I want what God's promised me. A lot of you may think, yeah, give me my mountain. I'll retire. I'll retire in Tennessee in the mountains of Tennessee. That sounds great. That's not what he was doing. Because in the mountains is where the giants lived. And there's something in me that just thinks that Caleb was like, I wanted to whip them back then. But I couldn't. Give me the strongest, the biggest, and baddest now. I want them now. I don't, have to, I don't want anybody else to fight him. Me and my people, will take care of him. Where's the Caleb's that I say, I want the biggest, I want the baddest. We'll do everything in the physical. Listen, we, we've done everything in the physical to make our children's lives easy. My girls, their life is very easy. They don't know it's easy. Me and Sarah have gotten rid of tote after tote after tote of toys. We said, you know what? For Christmas, they ain't getting no toys. They got too many. We'll do something else. Figure something else out. Easy. Young people, I'm going to be very honest with you. Your life's easy. In the natural. I'm not talking about the spiritual battles you face. We all face spiritual battles. I'm not trying to make light. That there's no stress on you? Yeah, yeah, there's stress on you. And parents, I'll just be honest with you too. I'll go a little further. A lot of that stress comes from you. They got to be perfect. 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 Are you perfect? They're not going to be. Not all of them's going to get a scholarship. That's okay. Not all of them's going to go to college. That's okay. Some of them will. That's okay. That's all right. But we do all these things in the natural so they don't have to worry about anything. I'm not saying it's wrong to take care of your children. That's fine. But are we doing that in the spiritual? If we're covering them, hey, listen, my, my daughters don't got to worry about nothing. They get every meal. They know where the bathroom is. They get tucked in at night. They get sung to. They get prayed for at night. They all these. They got. They got no worries at all. Addie's biggest worry is if all of her stuffed animals aren't around her when she goes to bed. I need my baby. 
I need, uh, what's, what's the one stuffed animal she likes a lot? What's the, the giraffe, whatever? She's got all these little, they got, they got to be there. That's her biggest concern in life. Got them covered. They don't got no pay, no bills. I'm trying to get Ava to get a part-time job, start knocking some of these things out. I ain't got to worry about that. But am I as a father doing the same thing spiritually? Not that I want to raise spiritually, spiritual brats. I don't want to do that. But do I got them covered? Because if they ever come to me and say, Dad, my head, my head, my breath, my breath. I feel distant, Dad. I don't want to be like the women in that story and the men in that story that say, take him here. Take him here. Father said, take him to his mom. His mom said, take him to the man of God. Where's the mother and father say, I am a man and woman of God. I'll take care of it. No. Say no. I'm going to end with this. Stand with me. We've got to get out of the mindset that church is just church. Life is just life. Whether you believe it or not, every day there's a spiritual war going on. Every day. And a generation is dying. Some of them don't have fathers. Some of them don't have mothers. But where are the men and women of God that will say, no, no, they're not going today. They're not going like this. This ain't how it ends. I want to be able to look at mothers and fathers years from now they were so worried about their children and years from now their children are in ministry. When, if they ever come to me and Sierra and say thank you, I'm going to say all we did was say no. All we did was say devil no. No. We preach. We teach. We pray over young people and all we're saying is no. Say yes to God and no to what the enemy is wanting to do in their life. Say no. Nancy Reagan said, just say no. Just say no to drugs. I can second that. Say no to drugs. But also say no to depression. Say no to anxiety. Say no to pornography. Say no to lust. Say no to pride. Say no to bad relationships. We're in a culture that we feel like, well, I just, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That ain't, that ain't real. <laughs> you can do things in the will of God and people's feelings will get hurt. When me and Sierra got married, and I, 
Say, hey, we're moving to Cottersville. I was in the will of God. There's people in my family got hurt. That's right. I said yes to God. I'm saying no to whatever the devil's trying to tempt me with. I say no. Just say no. Say no. Can you say no to being lukewarm? No to just having church as usual? Just say no. When your flesh tells you, don't pray, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Just say no. Because contrary to what this world may say, there's life in them. There's life in them. Parents, can I just tell you this? There's life in you. Because sometimes you get discouraged, think that you're not everything that you need to be. Can I encourage you? Say no to the insecurity. That you're not this and you're not that. You're human. You're not going to be perfect. But you go after God. And you'll cover your family. Elisha, this is what Elisha did. It sounds awful. Laid himself on the boy, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. He said, that sounds weird, man. Yeah. But that young man was covered by a man of God that says, I see what you see. I know what they say. I feel what you feel. And I say no. They're saying my head, my head. My breath, my breath. I'm tired, I'm tired. But can we just say no? Can we just come to these altars tonight? They're open. I'm not going to beg you to come, but I want you to come. Young people, parents alike, if you want to praise a family, praise a family. But I invite you to these altars. And just, I, I, can you just decree and declare, God, through your spirit, not by, my power, not by my might, not by my power, but by your spirit, I say no to these things that are trying to come into my family. I say no to these things that are trying to come into my heart and my mind. Can we just say no? Can we just say no? Hey, come to these Thanks altars. for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.